0: Bold Vision, Inspirational Leadership, Drive, Determination, Creativity. Welcome to Secrets of Staffing Success, a podcast where we talk to innovators and thought leaders in the staffing industry to discover the strategies and tactics that make these top performers stand out. And here are your hosts, the co-CEOs of Haley Marketing, Victoria Kenward, and David Cerns.
1: Is this history repeating itself? Have we entered the dawn of the machine era and automation is about to take over the staffing industry? Or is this simply a time to get back to basics in sales and recruiting? Maybe it's a bit of all of it. Today on Secrets of Staffing Success, we're chatting with two of our very own leadership team members, Susan Wurst, our Director of Account Management, and Jeff Stotz, our new CMO. Susan and Jeff bring deep staffing industry experience to Haley Marketing, combined with a really strong understanding of both technology and automation. So grab a pencil, because you're not going to want to miss any of their ideas on today's show. Secrets of Staffing Success is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Now, as a listener to our podcast, you're probably looking for ideas to drive sales, improve recruiting, and help grow your staffing business. Just in case you didn't know, Haley Marketing offers a ton of additional educational resources to help you succeed. If you like webinars, check out lunchwithhaley.com. You'll find more than a decade of recorded webinars in just about every topic you can imagine related to sales, recruiting, and marketing. And Haley Marketing is an accredited trainer for the American Staffing Association, so you can get CE credits just for watching. On our website, you'll find ebooks. Checklists for marketing, recruiting, business strategy, and hundreds of blog posts. So check out the all-new HaleyMarketing.com in the resources section. And finally, we just created a new series of short format webinars called Snack Time that present critical marketing tips in five to eight minute clips. So if you got a few minutes of downtime and you want to learn something new, check out Snack Time at LunchWithHaley.com. All right. Let's get on with the show. So, Vicki, today should be a fun show for Secret to Staffing Success because we're doing something really different. Uh, instead of talking to somebody from outside the industry, we're talking to a couple of people from inside Haley Marketing.
2: Yeah, actually two new people, new-ish people to our team, Susan and Jeff, and they're going to introduce themselves
1: <laughs> so, yeah, really excited. Uh, Susan has been with us for, it's coming up on a year now. It's not even that newish anymore. Hard to believe it will be a year that summer. And Jeff's been with us for our coming up on two months. So Susan and Jeff, welcome to the show. And uh, if you would just tell everybody a little bit about your background and what brought you to Haley Marketing. Ladies first.
3: Thanks, David and Vicki. Um, Susan Wurst, Director of Account Management at Healy Marketing, and a little bit about me. Um, And I always hate this question because I'm kind of a boring person. (laughs) I really am. Um, (laughs) Yes, I am. Um, I've been married almost 25 years. I have a 14-year-old son, um, two adult stepchildren, three grandchildren. This is the part where you're supposed to say, Susan, you're not old enough to be a grandma.
2: we already knew that
3: so um other than that um love to travel been to 46 states um i'm known here at Healy marketing for my cookies and hopefully a few other things but um you know i am known for my cookies so um like i said i'm a boring person that's pretty much about it what states
2: you have left pardon what are your four states you have left
3: um west virginia
2: okay missouri
3: which is weird, considering I live in the Midwest, Hawaii, and then um, Mississippi, which one of my favorite customers I've ever had is Temp Staff of Jackson. And at least every couple months, they give me a hard time because I haven't been down there.
1: I think that's a must. I, I do. So I think so, too. Susan, before we jump over to, to talk to Jeff, what brought you to us, besides the fact that we hunted you down?
3: Well, it was a mutual hunt. I I think it was a mutual hunt. Um, What brought me to Healy Marketing is I was looking for a new opportunity. And as I was looking for that opportunity, I realized um, that I really wanted to stay in the staffing industry. I started looking outside of the staffing industry and nothing was exciting me. Um, So I had had experience working with um, David, Tiffany, um, Vicki, Brad Smith um, as um, a vendor partner in the applicant tracking space and had always had an amazing experience with the people that I interacted with. So I um, reached out to you, David, um, and um, originally it was just from networking because you know pretty much everyone in the industry um, and sent you my resume and you called me and said, well, um, I might have an opportunity. And I think the next thing that came out of my mouth was I'm not moving to Buffalo. (laughs) um, If I recall the conversation uh, correctly. And then you and I got to talking and an account management initiative was something that um, Haley marketing had been thinking about for a long time. It's where my passion lies and one thing led to the other. And here I am today.
1: Awesome. So Vicki, you want to tell her the truth about how you saw her on LinkedIn and said, get her.
2: Here's the (laughs) backstory. I saw that you moved jobs. I immediately reached out. I also said, "David, we need to hire her. Let's figure out how we're going to get her to move over." <laughs> so that was all happening behind the scenes. You had no idea. I
1: didn't. That's the first time hearing that. Yeah. And we said, um, "What job do we need to create? Because we have we have the person. Now we have to create the the seat on the bus."
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and we did no. have a big need. So. All right, let's jump over and say hi to Jeff. So Jeff, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you came from and what brought you here.
0: Yeah, so uh, thanks, David and Vicky. Uh, Jeff Stats, CMO. Um, really excited about staying in the staffing industry. I've actually uh, been in the marketing world for a while, uh, multiple industries, um, some, some interesting ones from predictive maintenance to pet insurance. Um, I don't have a pet, so I don't know. Like, I, I couldn't get into that community. Um, And then actually did a boomerang of staffing providers where I started at uh, ABLE, the old employee stream, built that marketing department up um, and then moved over to staffing side and talent launch, was head of marketing for uh, talent launch for about three years or so. And that's a nationwide network of staffing and recruitment firms. I think there's about uh, there might be 10 brands, uh, just a recent acquisition that happened. So I think it brings it to about 10 brands um, under their umbrella. And then uh, made the move over here. And uh, I mean, David, you and I, I think we connected maybe four or five years ago at that uh, at-work conference. That's, um, and i out in San that was Diego. that the first place we met. Yep, yep. Had a great conversation about marketing philosophy and we've always stayed in touch. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, you know, made the move over here, which has been great. So, so why I'm did
2: good. you pick Haley?
0: Why? Well, you know, I, I think... The conversations with David, it was kind of a happenstance conversation in December that I think started with EOS uh, and, and the whole accountability charts and everything and, and uh, you know, had that common language. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And for what I bring on the automation side, I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout this podcast, but the automation side of things and where I think staffing is going. Um, and I think I could plug a good uh, hole. And really help elevate Haley marketing and offering some of those services. So I thought it was just a right fit at the right time and um just just a you know perfect, perfect timing to be honest with you. So it was actually um, that
1: I sold him on the worst job working for the worst boss because he had to take over my role. So it was
0: Yeah, I cry every sales pitch that
2: was just
1: so good.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I do cry every night in the fetal position. And uh (laughs) but I get up the next day and I'm excited.
2: So does so. Susan, you guys
0: said, hey. <laughs> I, said the, I said the same thing. <laughs> All right, guys, let's,
1: uh, let's do a little pivot now and let's talk about what's going on in the staffing industry. What, what I love about both of you is the perspectives you bring. So Susan, you, know, you spent so long on the ATS side working for different vendors that we've had the privilege of working with over the years. Uh, and now on the marketing side, still helping with account management and Jeff working in marketing, but for both vendors too and staffing companies. So you've seen a lot of this industry. What's your take on what's going on right now?
3: Ladies first again. Ladies um, first. I, yeah, I, I think to a certain extent, it's a repeat of history. Um, we've seen it just to a more extreme. We've seen the swings over the years of um, first there's recruiting challenge. Then it's you have too many candidates and then, um, it moves on and it it swings back and forth. Um, I just think this is just an extreme example of that. And I think that the, the staffing industry has done a really good job of pivoting. I'm sure that word's gonna be used multiple times during this podcast, but a really good job of pivoting to adapt to it. And this time versus in you know, previous recessions and previous industry upsets, I've seen the industry come together as an industry in a way that they've never done before, which has been really, really cool to see.
2: Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think it's because the, it's so much more extreme than we've seen in the past. And really, we needed to build that community to work together to kind of get through this. And I think that's still happening.
3: Yep, I I like I said I've never I've never seen the industry come together like it has in the last year. So good things have come out of this strange situation. Yeah, I think,
0: yeah. I, I I mean it's funny. You know, four or five years ago I was like selling um, onboarding, and I had to say paperless, not digital, cloud, anything else. I had to I had to identify paper, but no more paper. And I'm like, okay, this industry is really like old school that I have to use that in marketing. And it's funny now, you know, and, and over the course of four or five years, you're seeing, you know, three tools moving to 400 different technologies and, you know, moving from a technology provider to a technology evaluator at talent launch, and now back to servicing and using technology to service the staffing firms. I feel like it's been, you know, COVID is just exponentially like been mind blown for these staffing companies. The ones that are ahead, feel like they're not ahead. The ones that are completely behind, they just, they're circling. They don't know what to do. And I think you're seeing that. Um, and I do think that that's forcing that sense of community where you're getting early adopters kind of getting in that one community. You're getting like the, the Oh crap. Like we got to do something. What's our tech stack, you know, kind of getting together and saying, okay, what do we do and making group decisions. So I think from a technology perspective, we've already grown so much. Now it's just, yeah, what do we, like, what's the right answer? And the thing is, there's no right answer. It's whatever's the right answer for you.
2: I think that's true in staffing, but I also think it's true that in other industries that, um, the, that COVID brought about change that was going to happen anyway, but it made it happen more rapidly. And that's a good thing, I think. I think we're gonna all end up ahead. It's painful when that happens. So, and I think we're all feeling that. Yeah. So So Jeff, one of
1: the things you just said that I like is that, you know, everybody's struggling to find the right answer, but there is no right answer. And I think that is so true. You know, you see that on ASA Central, right? Someone's going to go buy an ATS and everyone, everyone says, okay, what's the ATS you love? And you'll get different owners who love or don't love their ATS product. And now as you build on the rest of the tech stack, people are going to either perceive they have absolute needs for certain technologies based on what they see other people doing or they may go the opposite way and, and rebel against them because they don't want to do what the competition is doing but my, my question for you here and this is probably maybe from the talent launch where you're putting together all these different companies is i know you said there's no right answer but is there a best practice to that tech stack
0: well i uh, you know again from a network perspective it was it it's a little bit tougher because a lot of these technologies aren't built the one-to-many, you know, it's one instance for one ATS. And so, you know, we had a little bit of a different approach where we were utilizing one platform for every type of staffing firm, Um, you know, but, but really what we looked at from a technology standpoint, I think the best practice is really looking at your process and where does the technology, I, I say that all the time. Like, Look at your process and find the technology to fill the gaps in your process or speed up your process or improve your process versus you know the, the, the shiny pen or you know whatever and, and shiny technology that I want to use. And I think that's, that decision point is, is, especially in the smaller staffing firms where they're getting bombarded left and right with new technology, they, they don't have enough resources to like make those decisions. We were lucky in having a shared services platform of IT and marketing, and we looked at it from all different angles. And so it was very, it was much easier for us, I should say, not very easy, but it was easier for us to say, okay, here's our process, here's the candidate journey, what can we do to make it better? Um, but again, time, resources. I mean, there's so many things that are, that are kind of pushing against what a smaller staffing firm would wanna look at.
1: So Vicky, I think Jeff's hitting all your hot buttons. He's supposed to hit mine in marketing, but he just talked about process, managing resources.
0: Sorry. Before you get <laughs>
1: to tech, before you get to technology, you've been helping us to make some big transitions too. So how do you see, and we'll talk a little bit, let's go on the automation path. Let's start with us, Vicki, the things you've been looking at, the purpose of automation, how you put it into place. And then Jeff will kind of bounce back and look at what staffing companies have to look towards from an automation perspective. So It's pretty interesting
2: interesting. because actually Susan and Jeff have brought a ton of process changes to Haley Marketing Group. And that is my main focus and definitely my um, interest lies in in how do we automate? How do we write the process so that if we're going to do anything twice, there's a process and we define the standards for those processes. Susan's been documenting those. Um, we hadn't had a great documentation of a lot of processes that we had, but we have done a ton of processes. And now we're looking at marketing automation, but also using marketing automation to automate some of our internal processes as well. So we've got both sides of that. So I think you know Susan, what are you seeing on your side from the account management and client success, I guess, process changes? And then we'll bounce back over to Jeff on that marketing automation for more external. Yeah, from
3: the account management and the success automation, I'm still a, a work in progress. But what I've been working hard on, like you said, is anytime you do something twice, um, have it documented. And if you're going to do it more than twice, you know, automate if you can. And I'm one of the reasons, um, besides his sparkling personality, that I'm very excited to have Jeff on board is um, for his help with some of that audit some of that automation, Um, you know, how can we service our clients better through the use of that automation? How can we keep in touch with them? How can we make things easier for them, Um, as well as internally? And so Jeff and I have just started down that journey um, on how we can work together to accomplish that end goal.
1: So I like that marrying service and marketing together to look at automation. But but Susan, you started to talk about internal and external improvements. And I want to put ourselves mentally in the perspective of a staffing company owner. So if you're running a small to mid-sized staffing company. You don't have somebody dedicated to look at this stuff. Where would a staffing company look at process automation to improve client and candidate service?
3: Um, this actually, what immediately comes to mind is a little bit more in Jeff's wheelhouse. You know, some of the, the AI tools that are out there right now that i think it's becoming a little bit more of an awareness in the industry that these need to be embraced they're not going away they can take care of the routine tasks for a staffing company that then free up the recruiter's time for the personal um, outreaches the personal touches and obviously you know i'm practicing what I preach, we're um, looking what we can do internally to do the same thing with our clients, free up our success teams so that they have more time to be on the phone with our clients or proactively reaching out to those clients and automating the the repeatable type tasks that they're doing.
2: I'd say that, you know, for a staffing company, the candidate experience is almost the lowest hanging Fruit. You need to be communicating with those candidates. You need to be letting them know where they are in the pipeline, what is going to happen with that job, check in after they get placed. All those things can be automated. And there's some really great tools out there right now that'll do that. Then on the other side, there's a ton of candidate marketing that we can automate as well. But I think both sides of those are need to be hit on in every staffing company. And there's things available for smaller companies. It doesn't have to
1: cost a lot. So, Jeff, I'm going to ask you a question here because, Vicki, what you said reminds me so much of I see companies that go out and buy a HubSpot. Fantastic piece of software. But it's sort of like buying a Ferrari and nobody handed you the, the engine or nobody handed you the steering wheel. You don't know what to do with it. And, Jeff, I know you know from your experience, you've been talking to some people who have implemented you know the, the two big staffing packages, Sensor Herefish. And... Right. Where do they run into problems?
0: Well, I think, you know, it, it's, it's with a lot of SaaS products. Is like, I think I've read a stat one time where it's like 15% of a SaaS product is actually used or utilized and 15% of their features. And, you know, that's a standard is like there's so many cool features. I think with staffing, you know, the, uh, both platforms, y- you have to be in it every day like you really have to be in it and i don't care what the dashboard looks like i don't care about analytics it's all about mindset and like that's part of it is having the right person who's in it every day and can really understand because they they need to know they need to know the the ats side of things and how things are mapped and how you know how everything's working what are they coded terms all that stuff and then they need to know what does their journey look like what is the candidate journey i mean ha- Half the battle with this is that applicants and they're all on LinkedIn saying, I didn't even get a thank you when I applied. Like I applied to a job and these guys don't care about me. And it's like, I mean, that is a simple, you talk about low hanging fruit, just automating a thank you when somebody applies is a a winner automation. But I think time and knowledge, I think are the biggest things because I think what you're seeing is people that are operating automation platforms they try to do it side of the desk. I'm going to have you know, Sally, John, whatever, I'm going to have this person do this, be the office manager, be a marketer and do our Facebook posts. And it's hard to do all that stuff because you have, you have to shift mindsets um, because these automations take four to six hours to really look at and do and do it right. I think so.
2: often they take on more than they can chew, right? So you need to start with one automation not like a hundred automations, get that one solid and then learn the software, learn what it's capable of. And then you can take off from there. But I've seen it over and over and over again, where I'm just going to automate everything. And then nothing happens.
1: See some of the other extreme where they automate one or two things and then they never go back. Right. And it's like, okay, I built this automation. I'm done. Not that it's really something that you need to iterate towards making it better and better and better. And, how can I eliminate the, the holes in our process of touching clients or candidates? How can I automate the data updating to make sure that the ATS doesn't get cluttered with junk? Um, Susan, I think I cut you off. Go ahead.
0: Oh, well, I was going to say, I think another, in, not
3: I think, I know because I've had these conversations with many clients is another struggle is with creating the engaging content. If you have a candidate who's working with however many staffing companies and, they're get, and who are starting to implement these technologies, and they're getting over and over and over these touches that are just generic, it, there's no differentiator there anymore. And so the, the challenge is that engaging unique content. And I think this is where a lot of staffing companies are, you know, are really, really struggling and a bit paralyzed because they have this big, huge tool that can do so much and they're paralyzed with how to utilize it. And like you said, Vicki, breaking it down into those smaller pieces and adding on to it would really be the best practice for that implementation.
2: Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a tool and you, the hammer is not going to hammer the nails itself.
1: Absolutely. So Susan, one of the things you just mentioned, I really like, and it's going to allow us to pivot a little bit and I get excited because we can go back from technology to marketing again, but we're going to talk a little bit about employment branding, because if you think about the candidate, I'm I'm trying to think about that poor candidate who may be the registered with three to five staffing companies. All those staffing companies have an automation platform. They've all set up the same basic simplistic automations with the same playbook that they've read and they put the same content in. So now I'm getting texts or emails from three to five companies, week in and week out, that all look and sound the same. So from an account management, marketing standpoint, how does a staffing company pivot, especially in these times, to build that employment brand?
3: For for me, what immediately comes to mind is, two words popped into my head, personalization and video. (laughs) <laughs> those, those were the two. Um, I think candidates are looking for that personal experience and they're going to be looking for a more personalized experience as this type of automation becomes more and more prevalent for job seekers. And video, we, I mean, we hear it all the time, you know, the, the stats on, you know, LinkedIn if, you know, it's a video versus just, you know, a static image, um, Facebook, same thing. And I think that we need to look at, you know, the success in those other platforms in um, the, the AI
0: sector as well. And with those journeys when they're being created. Yeah, tone is a big thing. I mean, again, it's understanding your brand, understanding. I mean, that, that's, that's what we did at, at Talent Launch is really created a brand personas for each one of our companies. And that was the first thing, again, there's, there's so much goodness in brand guidelines and understanding tone. Um, again, you can, you don't need to get down to the, to the personal recruiter to that recruiter and how they talk. Do they say hi or do they say, Hey, you know, and, t- and how you're doing this stuff, but you can get to the point where you can have a good relationship and you can, and those triggers are at the right spots and the, and the messaging, you know, I, I I've never seen more miss messaging, you know, when I look at some automation and not even in staffing in other, you know, when I'm getting texts from other industries, you know, retail or whatever. And it's just, you're assuming that I'm a 21 year old and I appreciate that, but like you're assuming I'm a 21 year old that told me. I would really
1: appreciate that personally. Yeah. I'm going
0: to go crush it because I did something and it's like, you know, not everybody needs to crush it. I mean, sure. That's cool. But like, you know, that, that is important is that you understand who you are as a staffing company and how you're talking. And if you do that and you already standardize the process, then you customize the approach. And I think those are really, I mean, but that takes time. Again, there's so much time involved in thinking and time to step back. And staffing firms usually are don't have that time.
2: Standardize the process and customize, customize the approach. That's like the Haley Marketing way.
0: <laughs> that's what there you go. That
2: fits. Fit. Right? We yep. Everything we've yeah, done for that. 25 years has been, standardize the process and customize the approach.
0: Yep. You'll be employed another day, Jeff, congratulations. Oh. Ah, there it goes, I'm gonna be crying again, <laughs> tears of joy. <laughs>
2: Where are you gonna take us next, David? You always pivot here.
1: No, I really wanna pivot, I just wanna go a little bit deeper cause you know, every one of our clients right now is basically saying the exact same thing. I can't get people to go to work. So automation is one tool that people can be using to, to create journeys, to re-engage, redeploy retain talent. But from a account management, from a marketing perspective, from a branding, what advice can we give clients? What are you guys seeing that's working across companies to actually get people out on assignments?
3: Wow, that's a big question. I'll beg off the ladies first thing. Jeff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't want to discount automation because I, I do think that you know, at talent launch. I mean, again, I was there up until a couple months ago. So we were in the heart of of COVID and, you know, jobs, job openings were were growing. We had so many jobs. We didn't have candidates that wanted to work. We found, you know, there's no silver bullet. I think Kathy always says that there's no silver bullet to it, but we did utilize automation um, because a lot of people were so like, they want new people in the funnel, top of the funnel, top of the funnel. You have this whole database. I mean, we had hundreds of thousands of candidates in this database. Surely there's gotta be somebody that can work. And so utilizing automation, but we looked at it from referrals. We looked at it from like people working at those jobs. If a company needed 20 more people, find people at that company. I mean, again, it's not automation, but you can utilize the platform for it to say, hey, who else would you like to work with you? You know, let us know. And those are triggered, um, you know, whether they were triggered in on assignment, whether they were one-off, we were really stirring up the database. And we're at least getting referrals, we're getting some people to work, we're having people raise their hand. So that was another big one that we did is that every week we had them, we have all these available candidates, raise your hand if you're really available, because everybody's available, sure. But like what we wanted to know, so we actually did use automation. A lot, again, you have to have your brand sound, you know, everything's got to be good. And you've got to have that trust between the recruiter or the staffing firm and the candidate. But we just wanted to identify those available workers and then put them put them to work. And it worked for us. Excellent.
3: I also think from an account management standpoint, staffing companies really need to put a concerted effort into educating their clients about, you know, the unemployment situation, pay rates, um, the, the emergence of the requirement of flexible schedules. I mean, it's a candidate's market out there right now. Um, and also getting their clients to like, embrace the fact that they need to move fast if they find someone that they want. Just this morning on LinkedIn, I saw three different posts from recruiters talking about placements they lost because of all the hoops that their clients were putting the candidates through and the candidate was gone. I mean, literally this morning, three different posts from recruiters. And I, I also think that the staffing companies that are consulting with their clients right now um, to kind of work together you know, during this candidate shortage, when that pendulum that I talked about earlier eventually does swing and there's a lack of job orders, those are the clients that are going to stick around with you is the ones that you helped and consulted with through this recruiting challenge.
1: Yeah, one of the things you said there, Susan, I really love, we just actually had a a conversation with a client a a few days ago and we were talking about the benefits of co-branding. Like you may have clients who have a better employment brand than your staffing company does. And historically, staffing companies don't want to or are prohibited from saying, here's who my client is, because they don't want the competitors going to call on those companies. But right now, you need every advantage you can get in attracting talent. And this client of ours said, he goes, it's really interesting. We had companies that we weren't allowed to mention were recruiting for them at all. And now they're contacting us saying, are the ways we can do things better together? Can we somehow co-recruit more efficiently. So those clients are open to new relationships, new ways of working the relationship if it'll help them fill their talent needs because you know, ultimately if the staffing company doesn't have a candidate, yeah, the staffing company gets hurt, but it's that end employer who doesn't get something done.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think that that relationship will build, like Susan was saying. So if you're doing co-branding and if you're working together and you're helping the client remove some of the hoops that you're asking these candidates to go through, you know, do you really need to have drug tests for somebody, you know, are we, we really need all of these excess things. It's a little bit like the real estate market right now, right? Did you need a home inspection? No, we need to move fast right now. And the candidates are in the same way, but that will build long-term relationships and you'll be in a better position to service those clients over time.
1: So before we run out of time, I want to get to a couple of final questions. So you guys have been around the industry. Um, I'm sure everybody in this industry has favorite war stories. So uh, anybody got a favorite story without naming names uh, or incriminating yourself that you would like to share?
3: (laughs) Oh, um, I think I blocked most of them out. It's kind of like childbirth, like after the fact, you forget how horrible it was. But some of my favorite war stories are um, ones where something horrible happened, and as a result, you were I was able to turn the opportunity into a wow for a client. Um, so th- I was thinking about um, this a little earlier today and um, other than my really horrible placements I made as a recruiter, for example, I placed an embezzler in a finance department of a hospital. Um, it's,
2: it, it's a good thing I, I
3: got out of recruiting and into the ATS space because I think I was pretty lousy at it. But one of them um, that comes to mind is um, years ago I was um, on site at a client. Um, helping them go live with a new front and back office. And we had discovered over the weekend that the payroll check history didn't convert correctly, like really messed up. Um, And we were supposed to go live on Monday. So uh, while I had a developer back at the office, you know, frantically trying to figure out how to fix it. um, And we didn't know if he was going to be able to do it in time. um, At the very least, we needed to get the beginning gross pay and payroll deduction balances in the system so that we could cut checks. So I sat down with the list and started doing manual data entry. Um, And when the client came in early the next morning and saw me sitting there, like all crazy-eyed, full of caffeine, um, and wearing the same clothes the day before, um, you can kind of imagine, like, showing that level of commitment went a long way toward our relationship. And we did manage to, in case you're wondering – all my data entry was for nothing because the developer pulled something out at the last minute and we were able to use the the actual data. But um, just, you know, that level of commitment toward our partnership um, went a long way.
2: That's such a great story. And I've seen that, you know, where you have such a major mistake of uh, other words, but mistake. <laughs> and, and then it turns around for the client. And those become some of the most loyal clients historically, at least for Haley Marketing. We've made mistakes. I remember um, sending out email. Remember, David, oh, sent email I and there was a bug and we just kept sending the same emails and over and over and over Oh, those days. And then we issued apologies, but people were nice about it and some of them became very long-term clients because we were we would own up to our mistake all right i've
1: always been a a believer we should write a book on mistake marketing because (laughs) it's like you don't try to make a mistake but when you something goes wrong and you recover well that's better very often than if it had gone right the first time so i don't don't know how how you build that into your service process without (laughs) because it's pretty stressful when it's happening no so, Jeff, how about you? I have a favorite story?
0: Well, that's funny. Actually, a quick story on the mistake marketing. Um, when I was at a different, at a telecom company outside of this, um, we had a guy, I was managing a product manager who had one of our products and we were doing direct mail and we would do a lot of direct mail. And he, um, you know, he wasn't necessarily the best proofer. And so he put a hundred thousand pieces of direct mail out with his cell phone number
2: as the, <laughs> as, as the call that. action.
0: <laughs> he dropped the visas, and he was like we I mean it's so funny like he was I, I go well do you want and I was new to the to the role I'm like I'll proof this for you he's like no you're not proofing this for me no 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 and so he dropped the mail I mean we were doing this and he's like getting blown up with calls he's like why is everybody calling me about like landline phone service. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) He ended up, he got like, I mean, there was probably, I think 2000 calls or something, all these voicemails. And he's, he had no clue. And for like a couple days, he's like, I keep getting calls. I keep deleting my voicemail. Like, I don't, why are, what's happening? Why get (laughs) spammed? And then like, we showed him the piece and he's like, oh crap. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh boy. I go, that's why you proof.
2: Back in those uh, days, back in those days, he was probably paying by the minute too. So he was paying <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh,
0: Yeah. I mean, this was 10, 11, uh, yeah, no, this was like 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so war, staffing war story, um, this is probably why I don't do sales. Um, I was at uh, ABLE and we were doing the first staffing tech uh, conference. David, I think you were there for that and one in Seattle. And so a week before I wasn't supposed to go, our team landed a deal, you know, to go up and do a big presentation up in Canada. They said, Jeff, you're going to go do like everything. So I was doing the stand up, you know, the product demo for like five minutes. I was doing the the tables. Like they, I had to learn the play. Like I didn't know anything about it. Um, so I'm going in there, I'm showing everybody the platform, you know, in the, in the matchmaking or whatever the entire time I'm calling it APS. And I'm like, I go, Oh, no. and they're like, well, what ATS are you? I go, what the, what the hell is an ATS? I go, no, APS. Like we do, you know, bullhorns and APS. And they're like, what, when you mean ADP? No, ATS, no. I mean, I, 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 was, I went up to the product demo <laughs> telling them about, a, we can integrate with, with a lot of APSs. We can do all this stuff, <laughs> like I remember somebody pulled me aside. I, I think it was, I can't remember who it was, but they're like, it's ATS. I think it was actually Adam Conrad, I believe. And he, he was like, it's ATS. Can you, like, you have no clue what you're saying. And I was like, awesome. You anyway, owe
2: him, you owe him yeah. big time for saving oh, you. Oh yeah,
0: so no sales for me,
2: no. <laughs> Noted.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, one last question. Let's look forward. So we got this chaotic year going on and we want to leave everybody with a take-home lesson. What's your biggest 21 to do for the staffing industry?
3: Oh, I This is gonna shock everyone because of my tenure in the staffing industry, which indicates age, but TikTok. Yeah? the sta- Absolutely. Um, I was in an innovations meeting with some people fairly younger than me, and um, one of our DMs brought it up, and I thought, you know, I'm just sitting there rolling my eyes, started um, researching and TikTok, actually, um, is starting a pilot of a program for companies to post jobs and for, um, TikTok users to, um, search for jobs and post elevator pitches, like basically a TikTok resume.
1: Wow.
3: So one of the things that where the discussion was leading internally with Healing Marketing is, um, you know, what can we do to help our clients with this? So we're actually in the process of creating, um, a how-to for staffing companies on how to use TikTok for recruiting, you know, giving interview tips, featuring job postings, things like that. As long as I so,
1: don't
0: have I to say
3: dance moves were good. Yeah, and you, dancing optional, I would hope. But I'm, I'm very excited for it. And five, six weeks ago, I was rolling my eyes at it. Um, but I think it's it has the potential to be a game changer. Love it. How about you, Jeff? What do you think?
0: You know, I, I mean, the easy one's automation, but I don't want to give that one. Um, you know, I, I think this is a perfect opportunity for staffing firms to retell their story. I think, you know, and, and look across the board, like look at everything you're doing and are you telling the right story? I think that's the one thing that, I mean, I've been preaching that for a little bit is, you know, your business has probably changed. Somebody's business has changed, whether it's your clients. This is a perfect opportunity to, to look at that brand story that you're telling and like, you know, is it right?
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Um, for anybody who wants to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of Susan and Jeff? You name it.
3: Um, LinkedIn, call our office directly, um, email, um, call into our, or email into our support team. I have visibility into all of that. Um, I'm wide open as far as communication goes.
0: Find me on LinkedIn, any automation questions, anything like that. Yep, follow me, find me and we'll talk.
1: Awesome, thanks guys. Really
2: appreciate you being with us on the show today. All right. Thank you. So that was really fun. I don't get a lot of opportunity just to sit down and talk to Susan and Jeff they bring so much to our team and so much experience and knowledge and just a different perspective from what we've had. And I really, really enjoyed that. But it made me like I could recap with about another 30 minutes of conversation. What was your big takeaway?
1: Where do I start? Um, I'm going to kind of just start at the beginning of my list. I like Susan talking about the industry coming together. And I see it on ASA Central, this sense of community. It's not that we're all just competing with one another. It's that if we work together, the industry can grow. And if the industry can grow, if we go from filling 3% of jobs to 5% to 6% to 10%. Everybody does well. And right now, because people are just struggling to find solutions to fill job orders, I, I love that coming together. So that was one of my big takeaways. How about you?
2: Yeah, I kind of felt like pre covid the industry was feeling like there wasn't a lot of opportunity post COVID or wherever we right are right now. It feels like there's so much opportunity. I think for me, you know, Jeff's whole conversation about automation, that is so my thing. And the idea of really defining your process and knowing what your processes are and then automating, that's that's super key. There's a lot of tools out there, but we're not, you're not going to be able to use those tools if you don't have the basics of what are you trying to accomplish and how do you do it?
1: And you know, it sounds easy to say, but I'm thinking about a simple thing. Like right now we're going through contract automation. And, you know, when you start to break down a process and all the different ways you actually implement that process, you find inconsistencies in your organization, you find the lack of standardization, you need to fix all those problems before you automate the mistakes.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then it applies to marketing as well. So, you know, I think this we've we've been talking tech stack, tech stack, but uh, you and I have kind of coined the phrase marketing stack. And all this automation goes towards that, using your technology to improve your marketing, to improve your messaging, to improve the way you communicate with both your candidates and your clients, to marry service and marketing, to automate and improve your client experience. That That was a huge takeaway for me.
1: Yeah, Jeff also talked about, you know, with with the automation platforms or any technology to really get the value out of it, so you get beyond that 15% that people get out of a piece of software, you have to be in it every day. I mean, that was one of the things I think Bullhorn did, that was brilliant in the beginning is everything was, including email at the time, was inside Bullhorn. You lived inside the product. And I think for a lot of staffing companies, you're living in, I'm recruiting. You're living in, I'm making sales calls. It's hard to live inside the software, but somebody in the organization has to live inside the product to really maximize the value of the tool. So you're getting not just 15%, but you're really accomplishing the goals you set out to accomplish. I'm going to take one more before I throw it back to you. Um, When we got to talking about brand building, Susan talked about personalization in video. And I, I guess I can be thankful for the pandemic that I'm now comfortable on video. I hated it before. But I'm at the point now that whenever I talk to someone, I don't want to just send an email. I want to do a video along with it. I did video emails out to a bunch of my friends in the industry this morning to ask them to be part of a birthday celebration we're planning. Jeff had a, a challenge with how to find things on SharePoint. And I was typing out notes so like, go here, go there. And I just I made a video and recorded it. And it was so much better. So I think this, this video, Susan was dead on. The combination of video and personalization can be doing so much for companies in their employment branding.
2: I think it works for your culture too. You know, we're all remote still. Hopefully that's going to change, but it's a way for us to communicate with our internal team as well and, and make sure that we're still, they see our faces and we're touching base. So you'll be getting some videos from me shortly.
1: (laughs) So what are we approaching? 10
2: people we've hired that we have yet to meet face to face. Yeah. I've not even been in the same room with interesting.
1: All right. What's what's any, uh, any other final takeaways you have?
2: Well, I mean, standardized process, customized approach, what, they're drinking the Kool-Aid already? This is awesome. That, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. That was the best thing I heard. And it's so, you know, who we are as Haley Marketing Group. It is, it is definitely our core value, main core value.
1: For me, I'm gonna look at um, that Susan story about showing commitment. You know, they spending the all night doing data entry and even though it was thrown in the garbage, how do you show your clients that level of commitment? You know, it's you don't always have a problem you're fixing, but what can I do to make the service experience stand out to show a deeper level of commitment? And we have one of our core values about uh, delivering a wow. And I always tell the story about one of our vendors who bailed me out of a tough situation by doing something so small, it was just a tiny, taking a project I was struggling with and solving the problem. And he did it, he didn't even want to be paid for it because it was easy for him, but that little extra made such an impact. And I think. Our clients, staffing companies, can do so much of that little extra to make a big impact to show commitments. And I know before we wrap it up, you want to talk a little bit about the TikTok and social and so go ahead and share your thoughts.
2: Oh, I thought you wanted to talk about mistake marketing, no?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I'll leave that in the
2: comments. I I definitely think um, recruiting, we have to get a little bit more creative. So the TikTok approach is an amazing approach. Recently, I was reading and I saw a story about Chipotle. They're recruiting on Discord. And I brought this to my two young adult children um, who are on Discord all the time. And I said, would you apply for a job on Discord? And they said, absolutely, if my friend told me about it. So that opens up a huge opportunity for having ambassadors, having your temps be part of your team and, and talking about the jobs that are available and what their great experience is on social media and on on platforms other than just Facebook and LinkedIn, maybe Discord, maybe TikTok, who knows? Yeah,
1: it's it's sort of, as Jeff said, it's, you know, this is the time to rethink your story, retell your story, but also, as you're mentioning, rethink who's telling your story, because with this remote culture we live in, with the employees right now really being in control of employment brand, We have to get our internal employees, our temporary associates to be part of the story that we're telling if we're a staffing company.
2: Awesome. Well, that was really fun.
1: Yeah, I loved it as well. And uh, for everybody, thank you for listening. And we hope to have you again on the next episode of Secrets of Staffing Success. Take care.